Hello and welcome to the Eden Gathering podcast. Thanks for joining us once again. We never take it for granted that you actually choose to listen to us and uh, we love what this is we love what it's becoming and you're a part of it so thanks so much for joining us i have a very special guest as always oh, with me nice. today um, but it's a bit like it's a bit weird because normally like i try and make like the guests feel really welcome and all that but i don't really see you as a guest oh i mean you can try and make me feel welcome okay well welcome thanks so much <laughs> for like giving up your afternoon and i mean that thanks. genuinely um to come and speak to us becky rebecca Bex, All any other names? Uh, not that I'm going to repeat on here. Welcome to the Eden Gavin <laughs> podcast. It's now, good to be here. Um, we tried to get you on a couple of months ago. can't remember how long ago it was now because your husband, Tim, was on. Mm, he was. And he got himself in a bit of a pickle, didn't he? He did, yes. He a- kind of stitched me up a little bit as well. About these Muse tickets. <laughs> yeah. He's going to hate that's come up yet again. I mean, I don't like to talk about it. Um, I do bring it up in the office frequently. But the reason why I say Becky's not really a guest is because, I mean, we've been at work together all day. So me and we Becky have. work together. What do you do? Um, so I work at the Force Church and I look after all our local community work and all our global mission partnerships. And how long have you been doing that? I've been doing that. It'll be nine years in January. So long that is, time. That's a pretty good stint, that, it isn't, isn't it? it? And um, me and Becky... Uh, well, Becky was one of the first people I met at the Forge, actually. Mm, that's true. Um, she's from the same place I'm from. Yep. Big up the culture. always helps. So Essex fam out there, brup, brup. <laughs> I'm not going to try and do that. Can you add some more like gangster echoey sort of effects <laughs> to that, Alex? Yeah. Brup, brup. Okay. Nice. I don't know if you can pick that. Like, that's me that click in as well. Um, so yeah, big up the mandem. Um, Brazewick. Yep. Brazewick massive. Uh, I'm Burgot Massive, West Side, not East Side. If you're East Side, get, out of, ha- get out of town. You're not even Colchester, no, man. You're, no. you're Suffolk. Um, so yeah, you're one of the first people that I met mm. and you were in my interview and everything. I was. So that is, that is full my on. my fault, you're here. It is your fault. <laughs> and um, we found out like our parents know each other they and do. it's all a bit weird, isn't it? It is. But we don't yeah. know, know each other, no. really. No. Like, I don't know, like what we're about to talk about. I don't know the story of what we're about to talk about. Well, hopefully you're about to. Um, So yeah, um, we are... Oh, is there anything else that you want to say as part of your introduction? Married to Tim. Yeah. How long have you been married again? Uh, Just over two years. Yeah. Any regrets there? No, no. Okay. Not generally not. That's not not what he said on the podcast. Well, that's fine. I do have, and this isn't a secret because I've spoken about it in church, but like I do have issues with how he hands out washing. Yes. Yes, he is. And... um, He's got bad guts as well. And he, that's what I've noticed from Tim working here. Like in the office earlier, yes. he um, he won't mind me saying. Yeah. Really. Is but this not all men though? He tells me this is normal. <laughs> he, he like, he dropped his guts in the office earlier and there was nearly a full on evacuation. Not of his guts, of, um, of the office. Oh, it was rank. Um, and you yeah. got very cross. I was. It's um, just not right, especially in a work environment. Yeah, I mean, that's totally unprofessional. It's a bit too comfortable, I mean, isn't it? Obviously, he doesn't do it at home. Well, around his I'd like to say lovely that, wife, but it does happen. Now we we're into um, stitching Tim Tim Warnock up on the podcast. How did go on then? Give your side of the muse thing whilst we're here. <laughs> so, should I just recap it? Well, so, yeah, for so anyone yeah, who's not if heard, you haven't 
if you don't know, this is what this is so, what's happened. Give us for a Christmas. Uh, I bought Tim tickets to see Muse, the band. Uh, At your great expense, yeah, yeah, very yeah. thoughtful like, and was, loving yeah, gift. Yeah, he loves Muse. Um, he's seen them a few times before. Went to see them. So obviously they were touring. So I was like, right, I'll get him tickets. Spent wow, hundred and twenty pounds buying new these info. tickets. I don't think we. I don't think we named the amount last time. <laughs> so yeah, so we bought these tickets. Um, and the date was set. Uh, but as the date got closer, it turned out Liverpool were playing on that night in the champion. Was it Champions League? It was the Champions final? League final, yeah. Um, yes. So Tim had a big decision to make on what he was going to do. Give up these news tickets or watch football. And uh, he made the wrong decision, basically. <laughs> so um, he chose so, to stay at home and watch so uh, Liverpool. <laughs> this is what I kind of, I mean, it's not that I'm not on Tim's side. But I kind of think I would understand it more if he was going to do something. Yeah, yeah. But he just yeah. watched the game. Well, he stayed at home. Like he, <laughs> he had some friends around. Like, and we had a barbecue. But yeah. like, it was just at home. And like, um, but it's all yeah. right because you sold the tickets right and got all your money uh, back. No, so I tried to sell the tickets, but no one wanted them, uh. and uh, so that was 120 quid just wasted. <laughs> So, I mean, the lesson oh, learned no. is I will never, ever, ever be buying him tickets for anything again. No, don't. No, it's just... Don't. Yeah. And um, we like to remind Tim of this um, <laughs> Almost all daily. day, every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm just going to pull up Tim's Twitter handle. So feel free to uh, tweet him. Uh, he is... Uh, gosh, I just don't think I even follow him. He is Tim... LFC <laughs> Warnock See commitment So yeah um, You can tell where his loyalties line From his uh, Twitter handle But anyway We are here um, In the Forge office To talk about um, Something um, Well which I know Is very close to your heart mm. uh, And that is Adoption Yes And we mean that in um, Well What what do we mean by that? <laughs> because that can mean That like yeah. In a Christian circle um, that can mean a lot of different things, yeah, but yeah. we're talking about a more literal... Yeah, we're talking the literal adoption of a child. Yeah, so, so um, yeah. T- tell us about um, Dylan. Yeah, so I adopted uh, Dylan, who's now uh, nine and a half. I adopted him when he was four, so uh, it'll be five years ago in September. Mm, wow. Um, so yeah, I adopted him uh, as a single person. Um, so yeah. this is before you and Tim were together or yeah. before you met Tim at all? Or? Yeah. So um, Tim and I have known each other for years, but it's before Tim and I were together. Yeah. Um, so, so what, yeah. what, how did you decide? What did, when did you well, decide? So it was quite a big process. It's a massive um, process, isn't it? Yeah. I, like it seems to be like actually at the forge, there are quite a few, you know, there are, there were quite a few families. So I think that's great. Yeah. Um, but it's um, very lengthy and hard and it is um for me probably the journey started um probably seven years ago now hmm. um and it started actually with a mission trip um okay so i went out to guatemala honduras uh where the forge has got a mission partnership yeah and it was the first trip actually that we did out there um to explore it and to see if it could be a partnership mm-hmm. and um whilst i was there i visited a children's home in honduras and uh, this children's home housed about 30 kids uh, many ex-street kids really vulnerable kids and um my heart was just completely broken for it yeah not like anything else i'd i've done loads of mission trips before and nothing like what i saw there mm. and it like it really wrecked me and um in that's coming actually home, quite hard though isn't it oh that's yeah totally like, like not actually a nice feeling yeah, is it um no it wasn't like i've never suffered from depression but it felt like the closest i've ever suffered really to, like to being depressed and low so it's quite about dark, something. Like, yeah. Quite a dark oh, feeling. massively. Yeah. And just not being able to um, comprehend how that happens in the world yeah. <laughs> and how these kids are, 
are so mistreated mm. um it's just not right and yeah it does just wreck you yeah yeah um so yeah so in coming back from that i had to work through that and work out like what that meant for me what that meant for us as a church how do i um so you did that as part of your job yeah really yeah i did yeah. um yeah which is another um, like complex thing because this is. is like how you're really feeling personally but yeah. somehow you've got a be professional yeah. in that space as yeah. well and what that means and there was something like it was kind of a bit of self-talk i guess of like oh, i shouldn't feel like this i'm the mission person <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you've done mission trips before and yeah, i should, should like more, i yeah. should be able to hold it all together mm. um i think that what's helped is help me understand what other people go through when they go on mission trips yeah. so like god's really used that yeah yeah um, that's good but i think in part of that process of coming back and working out what it meant um obviously i couldn't do anything necessarily for those 30 kids mm. in honduras um but it just opened my eyes to kids who really needed parents because although this um, this home in Honduras was doing a great job, what I could see was they needed a loving home and yeah. they needed a mum and dad um, mm. or a mum or dad to care for them and look after them yeah. um, rather than the environment they were in. And so just over the next few months, then like I was just seeing stuff and reading stuff and hearing stuff that was about adoption and fostering yeah. and... Um, just putting the two and two together like well I can't do anything for those kids in Honduras but there's plenty of kids right here on our mm. doorsteps that need mums and dads and need a good home but that must have been like really tricky to approach as like a single person mm. I guess oh totally yeah um what yeah. were some of like your like did that stuff bother you or were you just like I'll do what you know that that doesn't matter yeah. like I'm just I just need to love this you know I think whilst it was like in those early stages while I was still thinking about it mm. and processing it, like it was like, no, I'll do whatever. This is what God's called me to do and I'm going to do it. Yeah. Then when it came to thinking, oh, I'm going to have to start sharing this with people. Then I started worrying about what will people think? Yeah. Like, is she mental? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Because it is quite a crazy thing to do on your own. Yeah, definitely. Like both like financially, like support wise. Yeah. Um, like, and I knew... Like I was, I had my eyes open to the fact that adopting a child from the care system wasn't going to be easy. Like yeah. these kids are troubled. So, yeah. So <laughs> um, was that a part of your thinking all along? You didn't want, yeah. I, I, excuse me, I don't know anything about it, but you didn't want to adopt a baby. You wanted no. to adopt a no, child was, that had gone through care and like. Yeah. I was really strong on the fact that I want a child that was hard to place. Yeah. Um, and so um, normally by the time kids in care get to four or five, they're not adopted. They'll right. stay in the They'll care system. Care. Um, so yeah. And I was had really. Had you fostered or been around no, fostering or anything like that? No. no. So I briefly looked at fostering, but kind of um, one, I'm not sure how I'd cope with that yeah. constant coming in and out of your home. And um, I still intended to work and yeah. feel, still felt that. Um, I had a role in the church to play, so yeah. um, adoption kind of felt a natural fit. Um, but yeah, so I, there was feelings of like, oh, what are people going to say? Um, how's it actually going to work? Like with being employed and um, trying to care for this child at the same yeah. time. Um, so yeah, there was a lot of, not necessarily doubt, but just concerns and yeah. and thinking around that. Um, so yeah. Um, so what was, what was the next step? Yeah, so... After the trip to Honduras and I was thinking about it and it's really on my mind, mm. I was then, um, uh, I was preparing a talk actually to give at the Forge on Mother's Day about adoption and fostering and talking about James one twenty seven about how actually we all have this responsibility to care for the orphan and the widow. Yeah. And, so this um, is before you'd started? The- yeah, before I'd even contacted wow. social care services. Um, and just in the preparation of that talk, like yeah. I felt so challenged of like, 
if I'm asking the church to step up about adoption and fostering, like I've got to put like, Interesting. <laughs> like yeah, my yeah, money where totally. my mouth is. And um, totally. like, how can I stand there with any integrity and tell the church, this is what women are mm. do, but actually not be prepared to do it myself. Yeah. Um, so actually, so the week, so on the Sunday I gave the talk, I think it was probably like the Tuesday or the Wednesday of that week afterwards, I rang um, our local yeah. uh, adoption agency, which is um, Suffolk County Council. And, um, started the process so yeah and then and what was the reaction of your friends and family like I was surprised how supportive they all were um okay. I thought I would have some backlash from people of being like yeah you're Just crazy wait till you, till you meet someone yeah. and um, down or... but everyone was really supportive yeah. um people weren't surprised either um and I thought they would be but yeah it's interesting I guess once they know me and then like yeah they yeah. realize oh that maybe it's a natural thing for me to and do. Saw and saw you come back from Guatemala yeah. and all that. And yeah. How much um, that was. So yeah, people were so supportive. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so then, um, so then what happens? So you, you contact the um, Suffolk County Council. Yeah. yeah. And then you go through this whole um, like application process. They check process. you out, right? Yeah. So you, Make um, sure you're gonna be you have to go on an initial course, um, which runs over like several days. And then you start this um uh, like assessment process mm-hmm. where you get assigned a social worker and they come out. Um, it felt like every week, but it might've been every other week. Um, and they literally go through everything, your whole life history, past relationships, um, your experience with kids yeah. and they interview your friends and family. I mean, um, it is good. It is good. Um, it's good that they're so rigorous with it. Yeah. But they, it's like so many kids need adopted. It's like yeah. you think they'd make it easy in a way. Yeah. I know that they can't. And yeah it is good that they're making sure that they're going to. Because yeah. I guess yeah. is the success rate pretty high for yeah, placing is. kids um, in that? I don't and, know what the rate would be off the top of my head, but yeah, um, yeah it is pretty high. That's um, good. Then, I think especially works. for Suffolk, Suffolk have got a good rate. Um, Congratulations, so, Suffolk. Yeah, I know, it's good. Um, yeah. And then was it, or was it always Dylan? No. So actually I got matched with um, a little girl to start uh-huh. with um, who was... Um, How much do you like, input? Into, you just said yeah, that you so wanted someone... It's really hard. So... During the um, assessment process, your social worker makes a recommendation on what you'd be good, like right, yeah, good yeah. matched for. Um, and so, because I particularly wanted a harder to place child and an older child, um, I think I was approved for like a two to four year old. Um, so I was originally matched with a little girl, um, and that was kind of processing, progressing. But um, she then had such severe behaviour; they said she wasn't like ready to be placed uh-huh. um, for an, in an adoptive family. So that kind of stopped. How did that make you feel, like? thinking that you're doing something that's so in God's will and so in God's plan and like you've got your heart set yeah. on it and then you take a big yeah. step back. And was I think that like, discouraging or were you just like in a good enough place where it was a God's will, you know, and I think that's it. I think it's exactly what you said that if you hold on to the fact that it's God's will and it's like, then you, there's a comfort and there's a hope there. And um, what's hard is, you know, the child's name and you've got this profile about yeah. them. So you kind of feel like you're getting to know them. Yeah. Um, in the even though you've not met them yeah um so that's weird and you start imagining that person being your child Mm. um and so yeah so then when that stops and then when you get given another profile of another child to look at yeah you're like oh i've got to start all those feelings again um but yeah it was i just had to hold on to the fact that god was in control of it and yeah did you um, find that easy i think i did yeah. yeah um i think through the whole process like some people have horrendous time through that assessment mm. process um yeah and mine wasn't too bad at all 
Um, I quite liked it, maybe because I just like talking about myself. So that's what yeah. you get to do is sit with the social and talk about yeah, yourself yeah, yeah. for months. It's so. good for a podcast <laughs> yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I quite enjoyed it. Um, yeah. And it was quite easy. Yeah. Um, it got a bit frustrating towards the end because I'd been approved and then there was quite a long wait until um, right. until I was matched to Dylan. Yeah. Um, so that was a bit frustrating when the people you start your course with, they've all been placed with their kids mm. and then you're kind of like, you know, want to meet up with these yeah. new adoptive kids they've got and you're like, you're still waiting. Um, yeah. so that was a bit hard. But. So then you got matched with Dylan. Yeah. And he, how, how old is he at this he point? He was, um, four and a half at that four point. Four and a half. Yeah. Um, and so how did that process happen? How did that take place? Yeah. And so they originally. What were your initial feelings, you know, when you see him for the first yeah. time? Yeah. Um, so they originally give you the profile and you say, yeah, I want to proceed with it. But is that um, like, is that like a quite, a? um, I can't think of the right word, but like, like I'd describe it as like a romantic moment, like where really. like all the stars are like, and you're like, this is the one like, <laughs> or is it, Yeah, you know, um, like people have it like with houses or, yeah, yeah. you know. Not, no, not really. No, like because, it's far more practical. Yeah, yeah because okay. you don't know the child and it feels weird to be like on paper, you get yeah. given a paper and like almost told this is going to be your son. Yeah. Like, and I think, you well, know, I think that's really helpful for people to, because especially like in my experience of parenting as well, which yeah. is totally different. Yeah. Um, you know, it was not like the movies no. for me at all. So it's yeah. interesting hearing. Yeah. And I think that's it. Same. When people give birth, they, you know, some people talk about this elation they suddenly feel and yeah. the heart breaks for this little child, yeah. but like that doesn't happen to everyone no. either. Sometimes that comes after and weeks and months. Okay. And yeah, oh, totally. And that means um, it can still be from God. You yeah. know, it's just because you're excited doesn't yeah. mean it's from you God. You don't love and, them any less. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's good. Yeah. So yeah. And I think that's it is like certainly with adoption. And I think it's probably true with birth children as well. You have to choose to love them hmm. um, sometimes. Like, so there is, yeah. there is with birth children a natural, pull um well but, definitely with the mum with yeah. the mums I'd say but um, maybe not so much with the dads no so you do have to choose to love yeah. um and yeah that's not always easy yeah um yeah well especially like if Dylan came in um from care I'm sure like there was probably a lot of stuff going on in his life that had already been and you mm. don't have that kind of fresh no. slate that yeah. to put in your um, your influence the way that you want to parent yeah, you're not starting exactly. from scratch are no. you and he was parented like so he had um, three different foster placements wow. um, was with birth family and was with um, maternal grandparents as well so in his mm. short life he'd lived in with five or six different um, kind of parent figures um, yeah. so all would have had different approaches um, some worked obviously some didn't um, so he was considered so, yeah. quite challenge, challenging yeah so he had quite challenging behaviour um, just really angry um yeah. quite physically violent yeah um yeah very emotionally um young for his age I mean he was only four and a half but he yeah, was no, still not yeah. having you know not being able to process his emotions like he should be able to at that age yeah um but I mean like to be blunt that didn't put you off no not at all like in some ways Did that, that it, like, in, yeah <laughs> in a weird way it excited me because it's like a challenge of like mm. yeah this is what God's called me do to do do you think you were being naive or was it um, what you expected no, I think certainly like the first year was probably easier than it had been than it has been after that. Um, so whether it's like a honeymoon period or um, yeah, um, I think actually as he got slightly older, then more issues come out, and right. that's that's when you yeah. think, oh, I've got this parenting thing nailed, I've got this adoption thing nailed, and then something else comes out, and you're like, it just froze you. Yeah, you're like, oh like, yeah. <laughs> I wonder. I mean, like, talk us through like what the balance might be between like. I need to fix you. Yeah. 
or yeah. I just need to love you and yeah. parent like, and when stuff comes up, we'll. Yeah. I mean, like a four, a four year old, um, four and a half year old, I'm sure there are kind of like, um, well, I think you've spoken about it before that kind of like, it's like play therapy, mm, isn't it? Yeah. But they're not, it's not like counseling no. or, you know, no. there isn't that intelligence there yeah. to be able to, yeah. um, kind of deal with stuff. How, yeah. how did you decide to negotiate that? Yeah, or are you a lot just, of it. Um, so I think primarily it's about love um, and it is like actually love does heal yeah, um, some yeah, of the other stuff good. so actually through loving you end up fixing mm. um, but you don't set out to fix you set out to love um, and you know some of that therapy stuff is all about touch and um, interaction with a child um, a lot of the stuff is fixing what they might not have got um, in early years so obviously right. when you have a baby um, you know it's talked very much about how, you know, touch and care is really important to a child's development in their brain. Yeah. Um, and so children who... They do skin to skin and yeah, all that, Yeah, exactly. And actually what that does is it actually changes their brain chemistry um, uh, in crazy ways. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, and so for children like Dylan and others who might have been in the care system, they might not have had any of that physical touch. Mm. They might have had very negative touch um, towards them. Yeah. And so by doing some of that touch and some of that theraplay where you're playing games that are showing them care... Um, so one of the things you do in Theraplay is um, massaging each other's hands with right. moisturiser and stuff, just showing that you care for them mm. and you look out for any scratches and bumps that they might have on their hands and um, just really emphasise, oh, that must really hurt. And, yeah, yeah. Um, just to show compassion. Yeah, and, like, and what that's empathy. doing is really it's mending some of the stuff they didn't have in those first early months and years. Yeah. Um, and and um, how have you negotiated his past as he's got older? Yeah, so because um, you've told me about well, some of the stuff that you do, and it sounds yeah. amazing, and I, I wonder how much he understands. And yeah, so these days with adoption, um, they really encourage you to be open with a child about mm. their past um, uh, in appro- age-appropriate ways. Um, yeah. So with Dylan, we've always talked about his past. Um, he because he was adopted so late, he's got lots of memories of his birth mum. Okay, um, and he's got um, some siblings as well, so he knows about them and so we talk about them as the years have gone on he talks about them less um but in the early days he definitely talked about them more and we encourage that so we've talked about that a lot um how does that make you feel um at times it's hard um so i think a few years ago on mother's day he found it really hard um because he was thinking about um he was thinking about his birth mum and uh, he was talking about that and he got really upset about it and i found that hard because it's like hold on a minute i'm the one who's like yeah, yeah. caring for you and making all these sacrifices for you. Yeah. Um, you know. And your your kid's upset. Yeah. I mean, you totally see him as your yeah. son. Oh, now, totally. Right? Yeah. And he calls you mum. Yeah. How long did yeah. that take? Oh, like straight away. Really? Yeah. So they the social workers and the foster carers really prepare him for that. Okay. Um, so within um I was always referred to as your new mummy. Um, and then literally in those introductions, so the first two weeks of having him, like he was calling me mum. That must make um, you feel awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit weird as well. She's like, oh, yeah, he's talking to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the role I play. <laughs> and um, how is he doing now? Because his life has changed dramatically mm-hmm. even since Tim's been on the scene. Yeah, yeah. Because um, Tim Tim has a kid. Yep. Um, and how old's Jude? Uh, Jude will be seven in a couple of weeks. So now you're kind of negotiating all of... All of that as well. Yeah. And that's a big thing for Dylan. Obviously, he's been through a lot of change in his life. Yeah. And then to, you know, gain a dad and to gain a sibling um, is huge. <laughs> and yeah. Um, yeah. And so um, we try to do that carefully. Um, so we were really aware of um, 
initially when Tim and I were just dating, like the time that they spent together um, and then have just prepared Dylan well for, you know, when we got married and we all lived in the same house. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but he's doing, he's doing really well. Um, so he like, he has certain triggers that happen. Um, yeah. So. Well, like um, you said, Mother's Day. Yeah. So like Mother's Day, um, Christmas is normally a bad time. Mm. Um, just, um, I think there's, um, a lot of memories around Christmas for him. Um, he moved foster carers around Christmas time before. Mm. Um, so I think a lot of that is triggered for him. Um, any ton of massive change in routine um, is hard for him. Um, so obviously, um, having just broken up for summer holidays, that's a big thing for him. Mm. Um, and it normally takes him a good week, 10 days to kind of adjust to a new way of, um, yeah, new routine. He needs to be um, kept busy. Yeah, and so that will come out in his behaviour. So he might yeah. get uh, angry. Um, he might get upset about stuff. Yeah. Um, and we have to try and be patient and learn. Actually, he's not angry at us for whatever he's kicking off at. Yeah, Actually, yeah. there's something else going on underneath here. That's really hard. Um, How do you keep it is hard. that perspective? Um, I don't always do it well. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's really hard if he's kicking off over things. And I think like any parent, it's hard to keep your cool all the time. You think you think we can, yeah. but actually in reality, they press buttons and yeah. um, they can drive you to a whole anger yourself, can't they, that mm. you didn't know you had. Um, and so, yeah, I'm not always perfect at it. Um, but it is that trying to really keep, be mindful of um, there's so much more going on for him in his mind. Mm. And um, I think reading lots of books around adoption and um, trauma in children have helped because it yeah. really just gives you an understanding of, what is going on in his mind and his brain. Mm. Um, and Just on books, actually, because uh, mm. um, I forgot to go into it when you were talking about how, you, um, how you're open with him. He's mm -hmm. got a book, hasn't he, that's yeah. really helped. Yeah, so of. he's got um, a life story book. Yeah. And what that does, it was prepared by the social services and they um, it's got information about his life. So it's got photos. It's got a bit of information about why he was put into care and why he was mm. adopted. It's quite hard hitting at times. Um, and some of it, like in the past, he'll deliberately go over some pages because he's like, I don't right. want to read that. Because um, he still has a view that uh, his birth mum was perfect and his birth mum mm. did nothing wrong. And it's social care's fault that he was taken away and it's other people's fault, but it wasn't yeah, her fault. Yeah, that's hard. Um, yeah, and that's that is hard. for you as it's, well because yeah. you don't want to slag no, her off. Or... No, of course not. Um, but also he needs to know the reality that um, she, she wasn't, wasn't able to yeah. keep him safe. And yeah. um, that's the truth of it. And mm. So yeah. But yeah, the book's really helpful because at times he'll want to just look at that um, mm. just to remind himself of where he's come from, I guess, and why he's where he is. So what's been like your your best and your worst moment what's been your absolute Ooh, highlight question. and what has been um, the hardest thing that you're willing to share at mm, least i think like there's not probably a specific highlight but just moments where he really expresses um emotion towards mm. me of like um so he's like he's a really empathetic child mm. um and so like if anyone's ill, if anyone's sad about anything, he really shows care and love for them. And so the fact that he does that towards me um, yeah. really for me reflects the relationship that we've got. Yeah. And so, yeah, it just reminds me like, actually, even though he's adopted and not a birth child, there's still that connection and love there mm. and that goes beyond mm. yeah, what you can Amazing, <laughs> describe. Yeah. So yeah, just moments like that that really make me like yeah. think, wow. Um, I think the hardest times... Um, I think when he's kicked off in public, <laughs> um, oh, yeah. that's the hardest time. Um, and so when he's like physically being violent towards me, screaming, shouting. What's people's reaction like, to that? 
that and that yeah that's you know you can people look and are like mm. you know she needs to control her child <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. and it's really hard because you want to say to them like you've got no idea what he went through yeah, like yeah. you have no idea why he's acting like this but at the same time you're trying to calm him down yeah and you just want to say to him like put yeah. yourself together and, and you're embarrassed like, and yeah like it is embarrassing yeah. like because you do look like you can't control your child yeah um so yeah those times have been the hardest yeah um so like from the outside looking in then what is what can we as a church do to support people that are going through this mm. or and not or mm. um for those that are intrigued by this how can the church help them go for it and encourage them in yeah. that um, I mean, I would speak, I'll speak to anyone about it. And mm. I'd love to, I love speaking to people who are exploring adoption, just going through the process. Um, so if people are interested, I would love to like connect with them. Yeah. Um, there's an organization, a Christian organization called Home for Good as well, yeah, yeah. Um, which is a national organization. And it's about encouraging churches to step up to the call to care for the cool. orphan. Um, so people can connect with that. Mm. Um, and Home for Good Suffolk um, have got their own organization, um, which is quite active. Is there any um, good like teaching on it? Like, oh, your talk will be up somewhere yeah, so from one day. Yeah, my talk's up online. Um, a guy called Krish Kandar who set up Home for Good, yeah. his talk's around um he's got a book also entitled home for good which is a good yeah. start to um yeah the challenge of why christians should care for orphans um and children in care so that's a good yeah that's mm. a good start um i think for people in the church supporting others who are either adopting fostering yeah. you know in special guardianship arrangements um just trying to build your knowledge of it and of, of children in care is really helpful so i know i had some really close friends and my family who read books about right. it and it really helped them understand Dylan yeah. um, and understand why I was parenting the way I was because sometimes you think because you do have to parent different mm. um, a, a child who's been through trauma um, and not everyone will understand that but if you can try and understand why someone's parenting like that then you can help them in their parenting mm. um, and so you know um, our kids work at the church has been fantastic for that yeah. because we we do have quite a few adopted children um, so I think our kids workers are um are kind of up to speed on what they need. Um, but also, you know, not being afraid to ask and yeah. just say, you know, why is your child acting like that? Why do they need this? Um, and yeah, I'm always open to talk about it. Yeah, that's great. So um, there's one more question about um, how's Dylan reacted to your most recent news? Yeah. So. Which I'm not going to say because <laughs> that's your news. <laughs> don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, so yeah, so Tim and I are expecting uh, a baby. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, and we wouldn't, we were worried actually about how Dylan was going to react. Yeah. Um, because yeah, it's another big change. Um, and uh, it's a sibling and, um, and it's a sibling by birth. So he, yeah. you know, I've always told him how special he is because I've chosen him yeah. and because he's adopted. And you could then think, oh, well, she's now having a yeah. birth child. Um, I thought I was special because yeah. <laughs> she adopted yeah, me. Yeah. Um, but he like completely blew us away with his reaction. Um, he was so happy about Amazing. it. So excited by it. The first thing he said when we told him, we was like, yes, God answers my prayers. Oh. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it did. Oh. It made us, like He said, well that's the thing I've always wanted. And um, he said, God's answered my prayer. And so like, yeah, he's really excited. Um, God's answered my prayer. Well, that yeah. seems like a good place to finish. Cool. thanks so much oh, um, for coming on um you're going to be on again next week we're looking at a book yeah um and oh i've got to do some notices Ooh. do you want to join me in notices yeah go on so um the next eating of e egan 
Eden. I think it's called Eden. Eden. <laughs> Next Eden. It's on the 5th of September at the Mixing Stone Market. Fab. Is there, there will be food. Good. Uh, if you serve. Oh. There'll be really good food I mean, if you serve. that's a good reason to serve. I mean. um, and there'll be like, kind of like good, like snacky bits if you nice. don't. But if you get, you know, if you serve and want to be on team, get in touch with us oh, because then you get like, I think you get pizza, mm. which is like Lush. the most epic uh, reason to do anything mm. ever. Um, there's no food nights in August. You know, what really does happen in August? Wow. I mean, like we'll seriously, hold it down, yeah, we're just all going to melt. Um, and we're just waiting on some stuff for social action. I don't know why I read that. That's just on the mix <laughs> on the text that Sam sent me. <laughs> I guess he didn't want me to read that out loud. But thanks so much for joining us. Uh, all that's left to say is, Becky, do you listen to the podcast? Uh, yeah, I do. Do you know how I sign off the podcast? With a funny little jingle. Yeah. <laughs> I can't guess that. <laughs> Play the funny little jingle. 